Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great story of revenge of straight up relocating a car who had parked in someone else's spot. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, a rock in the grass. I lived in a huge community on one of the main roads. Our neighbors were notorious for driving up and down the street at high speeds not paying attention, or making wide turns and hitting my newly planted grass. I was absolutely sick of it, so one day, I got assistance moving a huge rock to the spot that people kept hitting. I couldn't grow grass there anyways due to the traffic it was encountering. Not even 20 minutes later, a car, one of my repeat offenders, comes zipping down the street and makes a wide turn right into my grass and now my pretty large decorative rock. I watch as this woman rips the bumper off her car on the rock, stops, gets out, and has a meltdown in the middle of the street. I'm still proud to this day. I hope the new owners kept the rock. Honestly, if the new owners knew what they were doing, they would keep the rock. If I moved into that place, I would understand what the rock is for and keep it there. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is... Claim dad's airplane overhead bin for yourself? Good luck with that. This is actually my dad's story, and it happened in the 80s. Dad used to travel frequently for work. On one trip, he boarded his flight, placed his briefcase in the overhead compartment, and took his car seat while the rest of the passengers boarded and got settled. While he was sitting there, a guy, entitled Jerk, aka EA, came back to dad's row, pulled dad's briefcase out of the overhead bin, and asked dad if it was his. Dad said yes and accepted it when the guy handed it to him, thinking that entitled jerk was going to make some room for his own carry-on, and then put Dad's briefcase back. Instead, the entitled jerk put his carry-on in the overhead, leaving no room for anything else, and then walked back to his seat near the front of the plane and sat down. Rather than causing a scene, Dad removed the guy's carry-on from the overhead, put his own briefcase back, and hit the flight attendant call button. When the attendant came by to check on him, he asked to gate check his carry-on. Gate-checked items are put down in the cargo hold with the rest of the checked baggage and need to be retrieved at baggage claim. He put the gate-checked ticket in the seat pocket in front of him and enjoyed his flight. Dad had already deplaned by the time Entitled Jerk came back to get his carry-on and realized it was missing. I'm sure he found it eventually. I doubt TSA would look kindly on this kind of petty revenge these days, but it was a different time. Oh, the countless things you could get away with on a plane pre a very specific year. Honestly, airplane travel sounded like a breeze compared to what it is today. Our next story is, ex-landlord spotted opening my mail, I enjoyed a royal last laugh. Years ago in the UK, I had to move houses the landlord was the worst. I changed my address as soon as my new place was confirmed and moved out almost a month before I had to as rent was paid up. A lot of mail wasn't getting to the new place, and a friendly ex-neighbor tipped me off that Jeff, ex-landlord, was there almost every day, and the first thing he'd do after opening the front door was bend down and pick up my mail and freaking open it with his greasy little hands and have a good snoop. Went to the post office to see what they could do, and Royal Mail offered a forwarding service that they set up for me to go to my new address. 
It was then that I had the light bulb moment. Once the forwarding service was working, I sent a first class letter to myself at my old address marked, Confidential, do not forward. Inside it was a card saying, This is actually for you, Jeff, with a drawing of a large up yours middle finger. Edit, I can't be sure because of fuzzy memory, but knowing me, there probably would have been at least one phallus, probably embarrassingly many more. Am slightly mature these days, but some 15 to 20 years after that experience, if something similar were to happen, again, I'd be mighty tempted. Been living in Canada for years now, and I just told someone the story that until now I'd almost forgotten. I'm delighted to today discover that Canada Post offers the same forwarding service. Even easier to pull off the punk here because we have mailboxes and phone cameras to capture joy. Steal my mail? I dare you. My question is, in the UK, is it not illegal to tamper with someone else's mail? In the US, it's very clearly a federal crime. I feel like the same general kind of thing would apply to the UK as well, right? Is it just too much of a bother to report this guy? Or does it actually not work that way? Our next story is My Dad's Petty Revenge. My dad's earpods got stolen at work, teacher at a medical facility. They were in the case on his desk. He has his own office, and when he came back, they weren't in the case anymore. He searched for them and tried to find them with his phone, but they were gone. He reported it to his boss, who assured him insurance would cover it. About two months later, he asked his boss about the insurance. Boss told him that my dad should have locked the door, and that there was nothing they could do, and refused to show him the insurance papers. My dad argued for a bit, but ultimately gave up. Here's the petty revenge. My dad receives lunch coupons for all of his students and himself, the amount depending on how many students he has that day, and he has to tell them the number of coupons he needs. He only gets these coupons on the days he works with students, not on the office days. So now he adds one coupon more to the list and goes to get a free lunch on the office days. He plans on doing this until the costs of his earpods are covered. Is it safe to assume that if OP's dad's phone was close enough nearby that they would automatically pair up with the dad's phone? Because if so, that could be a fun revenge if you manage to find them within range. Blast something crazy and turn the volume up all the time. Our next story is drive up a closed road? I'll make it so you can't get out. Many years ago, archery elk season in the Pacific Northwest. The area I hunt in always has logging going on but it's a big area and elk don't seem to care. Loggers had pushed a road in towards my favorite ridge. Road was closed and had a big barricade slash sign across it. Perfect! I had a quiet, easy way to cover the couple of miles into my hunting area. I'm over a mile in, padding along in the dust, when I hear a vehicle. Sure enough, a pickup truck with the guys in the back holding bows drive by. They didn't see me because I'd faded back into the timber, but I saw them. They were also talking loudly. Elk might not be bothered by the vehicle, but the voices would make them leave the area. Jerks had moved the barricade to drive up a closed road and make a lot of noise, chasing the elk away. I decided to hunt another area, so headed back to my truck. The barricade had been moved, but it was too heavy for me to put back. Jerks would have moved it again anyway, but there was a road grader parked nearby. And I have some experience with this stuff. Did you know back then, the keys were pretty generic? I had keys in my truck and sure enough, the Caterpillar key I had worked in the Caterpillar grader. So I parked it across the road, locked it up, and left. Since this was on a three-day weekend, they had to wait a while to be let out and hopefully fined for their actions. 
I almost wonder if there isn't a way for them to try to find like some off-roading path around as dumb as it may be. I doubt they'd be able to move this greater themselves. It would almost be magical if they just had to sit there until civilization caught back up with them. Our next story is use our driveway for a shortcut. No more shortcut. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. We have a large easement next to our house. It's actually a lovely spot with a view over a creek and up a small valley to wooded hills. Heaps of birds and wildlife, no sea of housing like behind us. It also leads to the cul-de-sac of a dead-end road, which was fenced off until someone decided one afternoon to barrel their 4x4 right through it. Even before this, in-car or phone navigation has taken people up the dead-end street and tried to send them over the non-existent road between us and the cul-de-sac, as it is significantly shorter than the normal way around. Since the fence has been rammed down, people have been using it as a shortcut, and probably because GPS tells them to go that way. The more they go that way, the more GPS picks up on the route. People were dropping off or mounting the gutter to get on and off the grass to the road, which is okay. There was such a variety of vehicles from pizza delivery to large trucks, tradesmen and lost visitors, that we couldn't just say, hey, please don't, it's not a road. It had gotten to the point that there was a dusty track. Then they started cutting across our front lawn to use our personal driveway, and we had enough. So we called council, by chance getting a hold of someone we know, and three days later, there were two giant rocks blocking the way, still allowing the walkers, kids, and bike riders passage, but no more cars and trucks. To some small degree, it is kind of neat to see how there is that adaptive learning with these GPS apps. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. If people regularly take shortcuts, you want to know that and document that, right? But it also is kind of troubling how there legitimately wasn't a road there, and GPS apps are like, yeah, no, this is fine. People go this way enough, so hey, even if it's illegal, nobody's been busted enough. Our next story is, I prevented a former friend from adopting a kitten. Kylie and I became friends when I moved to the city for college. I use the term friends loosely. I was still young and ignorant and had yet to learn that nice is not synonymous with kind. The friendship officially ended when she was promoted at work. At the celebratory dinner with our friends group, she announced that she wouldn't be able to spend time with us going forward. Being promoted meant she had to spend more time with important people. A few people laughed, but she reiterated, I'm not joking, I like you guys. But I'm very important now. I can't keep associating with people I know from college. I wasn't disappointed, and this gave me a convenient questions-free exit. After graduation, Kylie's parents bought a condo for her. She adopted a kitten and had it declawed because her furniture is more important and declawing doesn't hurt cats. She eventually dropped the cat off with her parents for two reasons. In her own words, she's very important and needs to network more. 
and now that she worked hard for her degree in home ownership, she wanted a spouse. Nobody wants to date a woman with cats, so Etta, the cat, has to live with my parents. It's not a big deal, cats aren't smart anyways, she won't even remember me. Not even a year later, a friend who hate follows her on social media saw a post. Kylie found the new perfect addition to the family. She and her boyfriend love cats, so they submitted an application for a kitten at local rescue. I called the rescue during my lunch break and gave them the information I had, that she declaws her cats and rehomed her previous one because it didn't fit her lifestyle. I said that I could not in good conscience have this knowledge and at least let them know. Kylie didn't end up getting the kitten, nor any other kitten from that rescue. I'm realistic, so I can imagine her next steps. At least I know I thwarted this attempt. Yep, she's going to go to the next lowest stoop that she can get a cat from. Short of straight up stealing a cat from somebody, she's just going to find the least ethical place that'll be more than happy to ship off a cat for some cash. Or, you know, the whole Craigslist thing. This next story is, my husband's sister tried to make it look like I was cheating, now she doesn't have a job. My husband's sister texted him in the middle of the night from a Google number, pretending to be Steve, a man I was allegedly having a sexual relationship with through a text app. So I texted Steve from my phone number and addressed his sister by name and said, hope you can pass a drug test. I never contacted her employer, but she never went back to work, because she couldn't pass a drug test. I'm not proud of myself, but her not going back to work after that because she says she just wants to be home with her baby confirmed it all. Well, you can see she had quite the reputation. I mean, you know it's bad when you can just say, hope you can pass a drug test, and they're willing to just blow up their whole working life like that. This next story is, my edibles company shorted me a gummy. I've always had a soft spot for gummy bears, especially during my weekly movie nights. One evening, I eagerly opened a new bag, only to find it had 9 and not 10 gummies. I thought it might have been a simple oversight, so I checked the packaging. No mention of contents may settle. Annoyed, I reached out to the company, expecting maybe an apology or a coupon. Instead, I got a generic reply telling me, From time to time this happens. No apology. Nothing. Feeling dismissed, I got an idea. Over the next year, I created multiple email accounts with various pseudonyms. I started to send them complaints about finding weird objects in my gummies or bags that tasted off. I even provided evidence like photoshopped pics and made up batch numbers. For each complaint, they sent out 50% off coupons, free bags with my next purchase. My goal wasn't the freebies but making them pay for their arrogance. By the end of the year, I had an impressive collection of gummy bags from this company. Here comes the cherry on top. I anonymously sent back every single empty bag of gummies to the company with a note, maybe you should be more careful about what goes into your bags. And next time, a simple apology wouldn't hurt. I know it was over the top, but man, it felt good to make a point all over that one missing gummy. Now that is some seriously petty stuff, but I have told people in the past, there was one time I got a bag of Doritos and there was like hardly any seasoning, so I contacted them, gave them the relevant bag numbers, and they sent out a coupon for like multiple free bags. So I could see very easily how some people would get the idea that just make up a complaint, have a bag number there. If you didn't make a habit of it, you probably could get some free bags every now and then. Our next story is, boss from heck gets what she deserves. 
I, 30-year-old female, have been a people pleaser to a fault my whole life. I've been working in marketing for 10 plus years. Over the years, I've had my fair share of bosses who were good, average, and some who sucked. There is one in particular that stood out as awful. This story's from about 5 plus years ago. Pamela, 40s, not real name, was the VP of marketing and sales for a mid-sized retailer. She started at the company a few years after I did, and if rumors were true, she was the fourth pick for the position, and was simply hired so that the company could appease shareholders. I was a manager under her, and my whole job was to make sure the website and stores had their products merchandised properly, received all their monthly sales materials, managed advertising, set up and managed the department's budget, PM'd all department projects and operations, created reporting to reflect sales, managed presentations and creative benefits for future projects, etc. In short, I did her work and all the administrative grunt work to keep the department afloat. I managed all this because I had access to her email and, many times, sent emails on her behalf to keep the department functioning. Pamela spent most of her time showing up after 10am, taking business lunches, and planning company parties. Don't even know why we did those, but I planned those too. I consistently questioned why she spent so much of our budget on these events when we didn't have the budget resources for any of it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pamela told me to take from future month's budgets to pay for the current month's overspending. So at the start of every month, I had an original budget, and by the end of the month I had to turn in an edited budget, edited under Pamela's direction, that made it look like Pamela's spending was under control. This is important for later. I definitely made mistakes here and there, being in charge of so many tasks, and constantly found myself working 12-hour days, split between being in the office and working after my kid went to bed. Weekend work was also done before my family woke up and after they went to bed. During Pamela's first major holiday season, sales were crap. Pamela kept changing her mind on the visuals for the stores, kept bringing on new advertising and PR agencies to bring in sales. All these agencies consisted of her personal friends and ignored our buying and merchandise team's planned promotions for her own better ones. At this time, I'd been dealing with an ongoing infection that turned to sepsis and was hospitalized. The doctors and my husband said it was due to the stress of work and that I needed to take a break. As I recovered, I realized how much I was hurting myself, my family, and even the company I worked for. Eventually, my old habits got to me and I got on my phone and checked mine and my boss's emails. What I found made my blood boil. First, I got a lovely bouquet of flowers from upper management wishing me well, and I knew that Pamela organized the delivery. She sent me her favorite flowers. I went to her inbox to put the receipt in the correct folder to send to accounting when I got back. At the top of her inbox from the past three days were emails clearly not related to business. What I found in her emails was Pamela emailing her personal friends, griping on how I can't just shake off sepsis and get back to work. 
She also complained that she couldn't find any of my notes, spreadsheets, or documents for any of the work she was technically in charge of. They were on our shared drive, labeled very clearly. Finally, I found an email where she sent a friend from a previous company asking for advice on how to bring in sales and save her job. In this long thread, this old colleague asked if there was anyone managing most of the work. And of course, Pamela said I was. This colleague explained that clearly it was my mismanagement that was causing issues and that I could be blamed if sales didn't pull through by the end of the season. Pamela mentioned that I was in the hospital and repeated comments from her other email thread. The person said that she couldn't outright fire me because it could seem like retaliation because I needed to take emergency medical leave. But if Pamela could prove I was stealing from the company or misusing company resources, then she would have grounds to have me fired and used me as a scapegoat. Upon my return, Pamela called me into her office and said she was worried I was taking on too much and wanted to take work off my plate. She announced she was taking managing the department budget off my plate. She asked me to only drop off a small stack of invoices to accounting. Additionally, Pamela told me under no circumstances was I allowed to talk to accounting about anything regarding budgets. Also, if I had any concerns about the department or workload, I wasn't allowed to go to HR. I had to discuss it directly with Pamela. Oh yeah, I could see where this was going. Unfortunately for Pamela, I had built a rapport with Lois, 50s, not real name, who was our main accountant. Lois always said that she would do everything in her power to help me should I ask. Knowing this, I grabbed the stack of invoices off Pamela's desk to give to accounting. I also added the email threads I read while I was in the hospital and the current unedited budget that Pamela hadn't touched yet for the month. I also found in my filing cabinet the hard copies of old budgets with Pamela's handwriting on what numbers to change to balance our budget. Finally, I added an email from our first round of budget adjustments where Pamela subtly threatened to put someone else in my job if I couldn't do what she asked. So I walked up and dropped off the invoices to accounting when I bumped into Lois. She brought up invoices and I sternly looked at her and said Pamela is the only one in our department that Lois is allowed to talk to about our budget and invoices. Pamela saw the suspiciously thick file folder on her desk, gave a firm nod, and lovingly kicked me out of her office. Within the week, Pamela was fired. From what I understand, she's been continually job hopping for the past few years. The CEO and HR brought me in to personally apologize for everything I went through and gave me a paid one-week vacation to take at my discretion. Given other issues with this business, I left after another year, which brings me to today. I am, once again, a manager for sales and marketing. I have a wonderful boss, Mike, 40s-year-old male, who trusts my business decisions and backs me up on practically everything. We're hiring my team for me to solely manage and direct. Today, I looked through the applicants and found Pamela's resume sitting among dozens of others. I stared at her name, wondering how many other people share her name. Upon review, yep, it's her. She definitely fell down the corporate ladder, with VP of our old company being the highest title she earned. And to no surprise, she embellished her achievements, claiming the work I managed as her own and claimed she generated an 87% sales growth during the holiday season at our previous company. As a people pleaser who firmly believes in giving everyone a chance, it has never been so satisfying to click disqualified.
I just can't imagine how satisfying it is not only being able to disqualify that application, but knowing that what you did caused them to fall down far enough that they can't even recover being at the position they were at before. They wanted to come work for you. Our next story is, Silly Prankster Coworker Gets a Taste of His Own Medicine. In my company, there's an immature guy, probably in his mid-40s, who loves to play silly pranks on everyone. Just innocent April Fool's kind of stuff. Not offensive enough to get him in trouble, but enough to be annoying to everyone, apart from a bunch of his chums who laugh with him. The problem is, he does it all year round, not just for April Fool's. I'm talking stuff like taping over somebody's mouse optical sensor, putting fake spiders into people's lockers, making up stupid puns about names, gluing air horn under somebody's seat, cross-connecting two monitors to cause confusion and stuff like that. His manager is just as silly as him, so nobody complains to keep peace. Luckily, I only have to work with him occasionally and mostly learn about his stupidities from what other people tell me, but he has targeted me before too. One day I had to see him at his desk to fill in some form, and I knew he was likely to try and pull some prank on me, so I was on my guard. I asked him his name and he answered, John, with only one P. His intention was of course to make me confused about the spelling, but I just put on a know-it-all face and replied, only one P? You really should drink more. The office air is very dry because of this air condition. Everyone roared with laughter. Even days later when someone speaks his name, one of his silly chums would ask him about still having only one pee or drinking more. It's fun enough when somebody's just like lightly playful, but I can fully understand where OP's coming from when somebody is literally just a general nuisance and you despise having to work with them or go over to their desk because every day it's just something. I mean, imagine you're just having one of those days, you're kind of tired, maybe you didn't have coffee earlier, and you just gotta deal with this person who thinks he's so hilarious trying to pull some prank thing. Never a day off. Our next story is, park in my spot, have fun looking for your car. Disclaimer, this is a story my mom recently told me, so I don't know all the details, but I thought it fit this subreddit, so enjoy. When my mom was in her 20s, she was living in a small apartment in the city near her university. Finding parking spots in cities is extremely difficult and annoying. So when my mom got the offer by her landlord to rent a parking spot right by her building, she gladly took him up on it. It was the type of deal where you'd pay for the spot and then they'd put your license plate in front of it so that others would know it was a designated and paid for spot. Everything went well for a while and my mom was very happy with her spot until one day some jerk decided to park his car, a rather small one, don't know what make or model, sorry in my mom's spot. She let this go on for a few days because she thought he'd stop eventually, but after having to drive around town looking for a parking spot night after night, she decided it needs to stop. She contacted her landlord and told him about the issue. Unfortunately, he said he was not responsible for actual availability of those spots, and thus not authorized to do anything about it. Although my mom's theory was that he just didn't care as long as he got his money. He advised her that if she wanted to do something about it, All she could do was have the jerk's car towed. However, to do that, my mom would have had to pay the towing fee in advance, and only later would have been able to make the jerk pay the costs, on the condition she gives the towing company the name and address of the guy. The problem was that even if my mom had had his contact info, which she didn't, she wasn't able to advance that fee and still have enough money left for rent and other living costs. Cue petty revenge. My mom decided that she couldn't let this go on. 
and so she called her then-boyfriend and two of his friends to help her with her plan. The next time that jerk paused his little car in my mom's spot, they all went down to the parking lot and made sure no one was around to see. They then started lifting and carrying the car by doing swinging and bouncing motions and lifting it up on the count of three, moving it just a few inches at a time. After a few hours of doing this, they had successfully moved the jerk's car to the center of the parking lot. Not in any one spot, just on the little road in the parking lot. My mom saw a policeman give the guy a ticket later that day, which isn't too much. But that jerk sure as heck never parked in my mom's spot again. I just feel bad for everybody's back that took part in lifting and carrying the car. I mean, even if that car was a really light one, I feel like your back is going to be broken after a few hours of swinging that car around. Maybe people were stronger in those days. Our next story is, got a high school bully suspended. Had a kid in one of my classes who thought he was a big shot, was always talking smack about other people. One day, he was going off about my brother, but he didn't know that he was my brother. I was the quiet kid in class, but I turned around and said, Want to shut the freak up about my brother? And everyone went silent. I think he had a weird respect for me. I'm sure he talked about me when I wasn't around, but he never bothered me. However, he also wasn't super nice to someone I ended up later dating. Flash forward a few months, my friend oversaw in another class that he'd cut a solid chunk out of one of his textbooks to make a pocket for weed. He was selling it. She asked me what she should do. I wasn't the tattletale type but I was still not pleased with him for what he'd said about my brother and my partner, so I told her she should report him. And she did. He was arrested and suspended, but was allowed to come back to school after a little while. Sorry, bro. I'm sure you grew up to be a perfectly fine human. Most of us do. Not only did what OP do cause this guy to get hurt in his pocket financially, also probably in trouble with his parents, But he also shorted everybody else who he had been the hookup guy for. OP had ended up interrupting a minor distribution system. He probably ruined some Friday night for a group of kids. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.